Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Now Listen to This, an album review and ranking podcast where three funky aliens deep dive into a different album each episode. At the end, we'll each give the album a score from 1 to 100 and put it in our ranking list to see how it stands up. My name is Brett. With me, as always, is Nick. Hey, everybody. And Max. Hi. What's up? I bungled that a little bit. I thought you were going to say my last name, so I was like... That did throw me off. I waited for a second. (laughs) You did fine. You said, hey, everybody, right right on time. Yeah. I felt like I would have gone a little sooner but um no big you deal. did fine no big deal don't thanks. overthink it thanks man thanks we're doing okay <laughs> you know brett got mad at us we had some boba tea i wasn't yeah. mad i wasn't happy <laughs> you say seven i get here at seven you got there at technically you said seven i'm 10 minutes early because if you're not 10 minutes early you're late then you guys are 45 minutes late i'm sorry i brought this it, up it keeps getting more every time you mention it, it first it was a half hour you were a half hour then you called to say if i want a boba tea <laughs> not true not you true. went to get boba teas and you drank them there that's not true we didn't just drink love, them there i love the fact that we were already late and then we went to another place it was it was yeah, it was it 709 when i said brett do you want a boba okay still i've been here for we 20 got minutes. bobas we got back here by 7 30 I did figure out how to play For Whom the Bell Tolls on your bass. You were doing pretty good. I knew exactly what you were playing when we came in. Opening the door and Nick going, oh, he's playing Metallica. (laughs) 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 And then fucking, I know, it's like, is he basing? Fuck yeah. And what's the first song you got to play on bass when you learn bass? Smoke on the Water. For Whom the Bell Tolls. That's a good one. Smoke, no, not Smoke on the Water. It makes every (laughs) bass. Bass doesn't even play the good riff on Smoke on the Water. Oh, yeah. It goes, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. It is a good riff, not a good riff. Yeah, I like to call bass riffs. But he gets to go. He still gets to go. Uh, yeah, verse. that is nice. Yeah, some stupid with a bass note. <laughs> some stupid with a bass note. <laughs> um, <laughs> Remember when we did that that fucking record, and Dennis was like, like he was like, he was like, it's like a story. And it's not like a good story. <laughs> it's, like, it's a you had to be there kind of story. Critique, critiquing the fucking story. We critiqued the story for a while, I think. We were like, we were like it is a shitty story. <laughs> like, it's not even a good one. Dude, you want to hear a fucking advancement in audio quality? Go listen to that. That because oh, that, that first episode that was when on we musical had, squares was that the first episode it was yeah. i thought we did uh we did um marvin gay yeah but but we didn't it, we didn't release that one and we, we just did, did it as like a practice oh yeah we did a couple practices on that one. <laughs> we were using this program called potato for the mixing <laughs> and it's and it was going through brett's laptop it sounded like and, a potato and we put it through that mixer <clears throat> we had a teeny and, little like 20 dollar mixer and then a teeny little like five dollar headphone splitter so we had so much fucking audio delay. Yeah. And it was so hard to hear yourself and like talk and concentrate. We didn't. We didn't wear the headphones because we kept hearing echoes. Of yeah. So it was like, man, those, those, those early episodes sound like shit. It's really only like the first one. It sounds particularly bad, but it's like really, really bad. Yeah. We upgraded quick though. Yeah. Fucking, uh, we still have that mixer too. Brett has it. He was, you said you were going to sell it. It's not a, it's not a bad mixer. I tried, but it, it never, never sold. It's a fine mixer. This thing yeah, we got fun. now, we have a roadcaster and it's fucking tight. It does all the work for you. It does most of it. You know, and it's got four audio channels, which is which is really incredible. It's kind of like a above the industry standard. And this shit. Watchmania. <laughs> yeah, it's got a it's got a pad. It's got four by two 
which means eight uh, pads that you can put your own sounds in. And if you use the code now, listen to this at checkout, you too can get. <laughs> That's right. Um, can we promise deals for <laughs> things that aren't sponsoring us? Twenty five percent off a second hey, roadcaster. Hey, they're going to have first. twelve angry people coming at them for not honoring the code. Twenty five percent off would be a fucking sick ass deal. Road, hit us up. Twenty five percent. That's way too much. It'd be <laughs> they're awesome. Gonna, they're not going to do that. They um, respect us. They they know our draw. Like man, we had six people hit us up on this. <laughs> we were wondering what is that. <laughs> That's Dude, how we get their attention. The dating this episode, the last one we put out was meatloaf, and I looked at it today and it had eight plays, and I was like, damn, <laughs> not the worst ever. It's like we're getting up there. So, anyways, what were we talking about? We're just goofing. I think we were new boot goofing. Let's just get right into it. Uh, so today we're listening to Eyeliner, uh, their album Drop Shadow. Does that sound right? Yes, sir. Nice. This was a Max pick. Max, what are you going to tell us about this? So Eyeliner is a vaporwave, um, I believe he calls his style midi pop um, artist from New Zealand. Um, he is also known as Disaster Radio. His real name is Luke Rowell. But uh, what's your guys' experience? Oh, nothing at all, Max. I, I only heard of this because of you. What about you, Brett? Never heard of it. Wow. Well, let me tell you about it. I still have barely heard of it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What about you, Nick? I've heard it. Wow, okay. Now. So, I heard this album. This album came out on August 14th, 2020. Um, <laughs> the dark year, am I right, guys? Um, <laughs> but it came out. Um, it was one of those things where the YouTube algorithm kind of just did its thing, you know? and got this on everybody's radar for some reason. And I saw it pop up, and I saw the cover art, and I was like, ooh, that looks fun. And I clicked on it, and immediately, when the song Los Angeles kicks in, I was like, ooh, ooh, this is good stuff. And uh, So this is the first album you listened to by him? Yes. And uh, I have all his other albums um, digitally because they're just they're free on Bandcamp. And this is the, the other ones I think are good, but this is the one that's, like, really fucking good. You know? Cool. And that also was kind of like hearing this kind of sent me into a, a a bit of vaporwave exploration and kind of more experimental, you know, like nostalgia tin synth music. Is this close to like city pop? That that was a thing you were talking about at some point. Vaporwave, like this is a bit different because this is non-sampled. This is all original music. A lot of vaporwave will take 80s like Japanese pop and they will like slow it down, like drench it in reverb and kind of like fiddle with it uh-huh. and make make something else out of it. So this is kind of similar. What is city pop? City pop is Japanese like radio pop from a specific point in time, which I was see. like the late 80s, early 90s. So that was a scene in the day. This is a new thing. Yes. Gotcha. Vaporwave got, I want to say it started in like the late 2000s. I know of the aesthetic Vaporwave. It's that Miami Vice digital looking pink and mm-hmm. blue shit i want to say that like, one of the first vaporwave albums was called like haircuts for men was the artist but i'm not i'm not positive i don't listen to a ton of it it's one of those things where i've only kind of uh dipped my toes into it but i do i do really like it and i i do prefer the stuff that is fully original oversampled just because it's 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 more interesting to hear a composed song yeah i mean i could see either like being interesting expressions of uh that kind of style and whatnot so but yeah there's there's a lot of like offshoots that have weird like there's one called like vape error that's like uh, like glitchy 
harder versions of it. There's there's a version called Barber Beats that's like super slowed down. I've had people try to explain EDM genres to me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is it all to me. There's no use, you know, like I'm too uninitiated to even try to have this explained to me at the moment. As someone who listens to a lot of EDM, even then I see, I'm like, this one's called like dark jungle. And I'm like, okay. Well, yeah, but I'm it sure. Sounds like, it, it sounds like this one that's called like floor trance. I'm sure this is how I sound when I talk about rock music or whatever. Oh yeah. When I like, I'll tell my wife, I'm like, yeah, this one, this one has like a lot of like sludge influence to it. Yeah. And she's it. like, uh huh. Is, is this under the <clears throat> umbrella of EDM? No, no, no. EDM's like club music. But would, where's the family tree? Is this closer to like synth pop? Yeah. So the synth and EDM family tree had some sort of common ancestor with like craft work or something, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, this I would this is almost where I would call this like like eighties pop music just fully like synthesized. The way this album is in particular, the way it's written and structured, it's just like a instrumental This to me, this is I I'm probably shoot, shooting the gun. What is the how do you say that? Jumping the gun. Jumping, jumping the, gun? the gun. Yeah, I'm probably jumping the gun, but it sounds like nineties video game music. Yeah, yeah. I have that a couple in a couple of songs to talk about. Yeah, to me I don't get like an I don't get like eighties song out of this. I get like '80s sounds, mm-hmm. but like doing more of like a '90s type of like electronic song type. Yeah. Thing, well, know? and this album is very atmospheric and more. Uh, this is the type of music that, that, like you've mentioned several times, Brett. Where like it's more about the overall like feeling and the vibe of it. Yeah. yeah the the like the the atmosphere of the album. It's what's more important almost than the individual songs and the songwriting. Was there any inspiration in you choosing this for us to listen to in me asking you a couple weeks ago for something synthy and adventurous and gentle to listen to? No. While I read or do homework or whatever? Would this fit for that, though? Yeah, totally. Oh, cool. No, my my pick, my what inspired me to pick this was that I've only done things pre the new millennium, and I've almost entirely picked metal, and I wanted to pick something that wasn't, that was like electronic-based, but it wasn't industrial or heavier or, or weirder i wanted to pick something that i find really nice and also a little um a little more left field of a pick for all of us i think yeah, yeah. you want to talk about the album art let's do it oh um what's the guy's name again luke rowell luke rowell yeah and he does everything right yes okay all right cool is it all i this might come up in the thing but is it all keyboards yeah i think Every this entire thing? album is on a korg wave station and korg m1 because most of it, I was like, okay, it's clearly, you know, a keyboard version of a, you know, whatever, a trumpet or whatever, you know, it might be. But, like, there were a couple of the samples. I was like, I was like, that's a really good sample. Like, because there mm-hmm. were there were a few moments where I was like, is that a person playing that? Like, I wasn't sure, you know. It's because, uh, you know, the Korg M1 is the, one of the best-selling hardware synths of all time. And if you use the code now, listen to this at checkout, you can I think it, it is the best, the top-selling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the 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 Korg Wave Station and the M1 are like you can get the virtual versions uh, from Korg for like I don't know, like fifty, hundred bucks. But like that, that's like a holy grail. Like find if I ever. I don't think the M1 is that expensive per se because there's not? so so many of them. I'm like any any like early '90s dance music is that. It's so it's it's that piano sound that's really famous. I love it. It's just such a good sound. No, yeah. Let's talk about the album art. 
the album art it's, for it's, it looks like a, a poster you get at one of those stoner stores like uh, Seventh Heaven or I yeah. don't know I don't know what a non-local example of that would be I've been in one of those once a store that sells lava lamps <laughs> yeah and beads Spencer's Gift yeah yeah there you go yeah I think it's a cute album cover that fits the tone and it's eye-catching it is I, I wouldn't exactly say it's good I want to say it's a little too digital looking for me but then it, it's it's very digital music mm-hmm so it does work. I really like the back album art. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> it's like impressionistic, but not. Yeah, it's for for people like looking at this digitally. Um, you probably won't be able to see the back album art, but it's like it's like an eyeball cube floating in space with like a slash of red and a yellow ball, and then four boxes that have <laughs> like a piano, a saxophone, a car, and a and a cup of coffee, and like landscapes, like. The, the whole aesthetic of this album and like the cover is like mid 90s like office instruction video yeah it's got that aesthetic I I, I think Tim and Eric that yeah <laughs> the main thing with the cover to me actually wasn't even really about like what's actually on the cover but I just feel like it does and in a way to me doesn't fit the album like I don't know there's two different contrasting sides that I get from this album and Sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense, and then other times I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't fit what they're going for. Yeah, yeah. the 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 cover I think fits the more upbeat songs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Tell me about there's side A, B, C, and a D. I don't recognize any of those songs on side D. So this is a vinyl only thing. I am holding the the vinyl release. Um, side D is bonus tracks. Gotcha. Which I have the digital only... release is only side A, B, C. Yes, and I've only listened to the bonus tracks once. They were pretty good. Will you be talking about them? No. All right. Because I've not listened to them enough. So if any of you have listened to those, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, and shut your fucking mouth. Go wipe your own butt. Get a bidet. Don't Get even wipe bidet. it. Get a bidet. Did you know that toilet paper used to have splinters in it? What? It's the worst idea. Before paper? <laughs> well, no, before they were I don't able know, to put get, some wood in there. Before they were able to get the paper. We need some like, traction. <laughs> yeah. It's got to catch onto the poo somehow. I do think like if it's too soft, you don't get enough traction, you know? Dude, when I was in Egypt, Slide all they right got through. there is bidets. Even the crappiest toilet had a bidet. I think that's the way of the future, man. And let me tell you, we are heathens here. <laughs> I'm scared to use a bidet. It's, so the first time you aim wrong, you're like, oh. <laughs> like, like Adam chilly. Sandler. <laughs> your, eyes, your eyes cross. That's so- <laughs> Or you get on one that has like the really high pressure. <laughs> <laughs> and then fucking they come out of the background and they're his like buddies who he always puts in that gives him a couple million dollars to do nothing. And uh, they come out and they have. <laughs> Must have been a hell of a shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got one eye going the other way. And, shit. <laughs> and you're like. Stupid shit. What the fuck are you You're too good for this. <laughs> what are you doing? Why would he say no? Yeah, I wouldn't say no to a few million dollars to do nothing. To just be cross-eyed to and do go the, like, we're out. To, to do the laziest joke in the whole fucking thing. <laughs> like, what a stinky poop. <laughs> <laughs> and then we fucking grow up and we're like somehow wired to still believe that that's funny. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> like, I ha- okay, Adam Sandler was there when we needed him. You always when say we were that. 10. I I've, I feel like I've broken the veil. I've broken the matrix with Adam Sandler. I perhaps had the craziest... I work in construction, so I hear a lot of crazy shit. But a guy came up to me the other day and said, do you remember that movie, Remember the Zohan? Or Don't Mess with the Zohan? 
And I was like, you're going to talk to me about don't mess with a Zohan right now? <laughs> <laughs> that, the last time we that talked That was about- the moment when everyone said, I we're done with you for now. The last time that we'll we take talk, a break. Last time we talked about Adam Sandler movies, I think it was on the podcast, and I don't remember if it was if it made it on an episode. But you straight Max, you said to me, you asked Brett or something like, "What's your favorite Adam Sandler movie?" Because Nick's being a bitch right now <laughs> and saying that he doesn't like Adam Sandler. You were really offended that I didn't like Adam Sandler. It's bullshit. Either. What would I have said? Waterboy, Big Daddy. I always say Mr. There's Deeds. A lot of good ones. Wedding Singer. What you know, like that's, that's so not good. that's not an Adam Sandler movie. That's an Adam Sandler movie. He's in. I never said Adam Sandler's not bad. I'm talking about his produced movies. Is Wedding Singer not Happy Madison? It's not. You're sure? Yes. I'm not gonna look it up because I was really bad last time. You don't like Billy Madison? Have you seen? It? When's the last time you saw it, Brett? <laughs> Remember when he peed his pants for the kid because the kid peed his pants? Sure. And he's like, "It's cool to pee your pants." It's the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> that boy. <laughs> <laughs> It was funny. <laughs> we needed that voice. You forget. There the was a time most... when we needed that, when the, that voice didn't exist, and it filled the void. It didn't. There was no void. There Somebody was, else would have done it. There was there no was, void. He made a path that was unnecessary. There's Adam Sandler's silly voice, and then there was Borat, and that was all we needed. <laughs> Borat was way after that. Yeah. <laughs> but I we think, didn't need that, guys. <laughs> I think I think it was all like it was still shitty Adam Sandler style movies trying to happen until like Superbad came out and just wiped the slate clean. It was like let's do this now. They were like, we need something different now. Judd Apatow was happy to do it. They're like, we're it's been eight years and we're still just quoting Anchorman. What do we do? Anchorman was very good though. Anchorman, Anchorman probably actually was the one that changed the. Yeah, it was still direction. like it was still like goofball leading man style like that i feel like the only like will ferrell movie for me that matches anchorman is step brothers step brothers is great i i, I so like step brothers but i do think like comparative to like anchorman it's it's more like try hard raunchy what about joe dirt oh my god joe dirt great nick's shaking his head i i, I don't know guys. probably like every few days i think to myself guy i like to see homos naked don't hurt <laughs> me none <laughs> <laughs> oh, why are you like it? Except for, except for actual David Spade is probably like, probably like, yeah, no, I don't want to see homos though. I why why are you assuming David Spade is like that? <laughs> We're gonna get sued for a lot libel. of a lot of them suck. I have seen Rob Schneider Dana, is the fucking worst. Dana, yeah, Rob Schneider is Dana Carvey. His newest stand-up special is called like Sixty White Male or something. Oh, and no, it's like, don't I don't, don't want to watch. I don't want to know I, who the fuck would want to watch that at that. I point. don't. I don't think. It is like that. I I don't I, want any uh, any of my Dana Carvey thoughts ruined. Yeah, nothing past Wayne's World. Well, I mean, Master of Disguise, obviously. <laughs> that was but fun. I'm curious. I'm sure that movie's like tragic to watch. Probably. Did you know they were filming the Turtle Club scene when 9-11 happened? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't need to know that today. Now you can think of 9-11 every time you see Turtle Turtle. <laughs> like... The day like Turtle Club, yeah, like when it happened, and they they were like on set, and he's like dressed up in the fucking turtle outfit. Oh no, <laughs> that's a dark, dark blemish on the movie. Yeah, on what scene? It's in the Turtle Club. <laughs> you not turtly enough for the Turtle Club? For the I kind of assumed that was the whole movie. The last time that I talked about Master of Disguise, you had just recently watched it or re- rewatched it. It was when we were like 19, 20 years old, and fucking, I was like talking about how it was one of the movies on Rotten Tomatoes with 0%, and you were like, it doesn't deserve that. And I'm like, whatever, dude. These fucking 
name like peanut or something you were like pistachio disguise <laughs> like you knew it like, right <laughs> well, i just it was, watched it yeah, how do you still, forget pistachio disguise it was funny for you to say those words <laughs> it doesn't deserve a zero yeah it probably does the turtle thing was funny no it wasn't. turtle turtle <laughs> About that's, a, that's a, you. We could go through the gambit of every Adam Sandler joke, and you would just say that was funny. <laughs> you guys are too serious. How about I go into some history of this guy? Yes. Okay. So, like I said earlier, his real name is Luke Rowell. Um, he also goes by the name Disaster Radio. That was his original um, releases, starting in like 1999, early 2000s, just releasing self-made CDs. Um, his first album as Eyeliner was in 2012 called High Fashion Mood Music. Um, this is his fourth one as Eyeliner, and it's the first on Orange Milk Records. Has it always been the same style? For Eyeliner, yes. Disaster Radio is a lot more like frantic uh, with with singing, and um, it sounds a little bit like, uh, if you imagine like like a more like hyper twerp kind of. I'm not a huge fan of his other stuff. This thing gave me twerp vibes. Yeah. Twerp, is, twerp has more like human energy to it yeah so he had a uh his first like kind of big viral moment he made a video for a song called gravy rainbow off of his album charisma um and it got made fun of on tosh.0 oh was it that bad it's it's like a goofy like self-aware cringy video Um, did the tosh.0 help his probably his uh visibility yeah because that that video now has over a million views so um but it was by now by buy now the previous eyeliner album from 2015 that was kind of his big like uh people were like oh pay attention to this guy um so the history of this album in particular a quote from him was originally i set out to make a fully ambient record but i also had to satisfy my short attention span so there's a mix of busy hectic beats and ambient beds then kind of funny tunes to lighten it up I feel like the album naturally came towards this filmic and narrative vibe. And that's from an interview by Marilyn Roxy of Sonemic Interview Series on Rate Your Music. Nice. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's mostly composed of Korg Wave Station and M1 synths. The album art is by Keith Ranklin, I believe is his name. I think the 3D art is by Luke Rowell himself. So, yeah. He did the cover? I think so. That's what it says on the back. Visual art by Keith Rankin. 3D images by Luke Rowell. He's a one-man band. Yeah. A two-man band with Keith Rankin. Yeah. Like I said, this is on Orange Milk Records, which is a really good label for kind of weirdo electronic music. Is that a pretty popular label? Yeah, they're pretty big. All right. Nice. Is, uh, is his other band on that? His other project on that label? I don't know if it's on a label or if it's just self-published on Bandcamp. <clears throat> Word. You guys want to do track by track? I think we should do track by track. Cool. Let's do it. We're going to go track by track. Uh, we're just going to talk about, give our thoughts on each track, and then, you know, put it into our individual favies. We got a Hall of Bangers and the uh, Pit of Stankers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our first track is called Los Angeles, and uh, I just want to ask you guys how you felt right away. I mean, they got some Mega Man Legends vibes. Yes. <laughs> 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 Very much the first of a couple of Mega Man Legends vibes uh, for this. Um, like, like, make no mistake, the album cover tries to tell you that it's Vice City, but it's it's Mega Man Legends. It's for Donkey Kong Country. Every upbeat, uh, upbeat. Town. I'm not super familiar with Mega Man Legends, but it's it's the best. Think of every. I have played a little bit of it. Think <laughs> of every vibrant, like bustling, 
uh, future city type town in like an exploratory JRPG? Um, here's one I don't know if you guys are super familiar with, but it's a less less jazzy and less high energy, but uh, Streets of Rage. I don't remember the music from Streets of Rage. That was Yuzo Koshiro, but super famous soundtrack. It's like kind of synth dance music, but it gets a little more, you know, and then you street, do, I guess. And you do the jump kick, the most powerful move in the game, and it goes, Guys, go play Streets of Rage. We never kept. We never even like got past the first boss in Streets of Rage 4. Really? We should play it. Yeah, we need to. That game was awesome. Bring your Switch controllers next time. I will. Yeah. I'll bring my pro I'll bring controller. My Wii, I'll bring my Wiimote. <laughs> you just bring like a Wii U pad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what about you, Brett? Like right when it started? Because this, I mean, this kicks off right away with. I thought uh, it's one of these, you know, not in a bad way, but it's like video game music. Mm-hmm. Kind of like twerp. Twerp was a lot more experimental and funky, I think. Jazzy, maybe. But that's true. Yeah. Um. It's it's like '90s synth sounds. It reminds mm-hmm. me of Super Nintendo a lot in '64. Uh, Diddy Kong Racing. Now, what about what about the smiles this brought you? <laughs> it took me three or four listens to go. All right, all right, this is pretty good. This track is very catchy. It's it's. I like this track a lot because it works. Yeah, it's so good. Well, and I I especially love that really heavy like reverby opening note that just kind of is like since i since i knew this is going to be kind of difficult to talk about because it's a bunch of synth dance songs with Mm -hmm. no vocals i chalked each one up to what level i think it would be in the video game Mm -hmm. this one's like the neon city at night yeah Yeah. sonic the hedgehog kind of like here's what you see all the lights in the background and cars going by it's bustling i want to come back to to that what i wrote was um uh this has like wonderful synth sounds and a bubbling atmosphere that gives a sense of, of like kind of like uplifting hope at sunset yes it's sun this is like the party's starting yeah this song works really great as a song on its own and also as an intro i think yeah but it's a good it's a really good intro i think it's the best song on the album probably i wanted to bring up that uh this is the first time i think no no no, no we did herbie hancock this is the first time in a long time that we've done something instrumental. And there's not a lot to... It's interesting. Is it the only thing since Herbie Hancock? I think so. That sounds right to me. Yeah, but. I think so. It's interesting how much less there is to latch on to to discuss when there's not vocal lines and lyrics and melodies and harmonies. Yeah, the vocals a lot of the time are like the real distinguisher. Because mm-hmm. you can't... You can only talk so much about like the tone of... A synthesizer which was partially I mean, you, really, you can but i don't know if we're equipped yeah that was partially one of the reasons i picked this too because i was like let's do something a little i guess a little like more difficult to talk about you know yeah see see how it how we handle that how to make you feel made me feel pretty good yeah yeah i think the song is light and fun you know yeah and then it leads into the next track american beach this is kind of an outro it's to, kind of a weird to Los Angeles in my mind. It's kind of a weird one to have as the second track. Yeah, it, it's got it gave me like kind of a depressive vibe. Like this I just, is party's over. I had described it as a uh, like the light is like trying to shine through, but it can't quite break through like the clouds of type of thing. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. It's like 
like Brett said, this is like after the party and kind of like everyone's left and he's kind of like walking along the beach looking around. I felt like sun's coming up a little bit. Yeah. But not in like, in the way of like, I should go to bed. Yeah. Like yeah. the whole night's gone. They said like it can't break through type of thing. Like it, yeah, I thought the, the title was kind of evocative. It kept, it made me think about it a lot where I was like aesthetically looking for that. But the only thing that you can really think of is like not a great time at the beach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a nice little mood piece, but I find the placing of it a bit odd. Yeah, it's true. To me, it felt like, like a part two to Los Angeles, but, or like just the end of Los Angeles, but he didn't want Los Angeles to be eight minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. That's my head cannon. <laughs> Well, then it leads into contact, which is quite mysterious. Yeah. I wrote, I love, I wrote this. This song gives me downtown in the evening vibes. Yeah. So I called it the mystical crystal cave level, but it could also be like the subway. If we're sticking to the urban kind of short level, the short level, be a short one. Is it a shorter song? No. Or more like a transitional level, transitional level type thing. I don't know. This, I mean, I don't know. I think it's got everything to be a full-blown level. A good five minutes and three-minute Sonic run. Yeah. This does sound like a like casino zone at night, but like not in a normal Sonic game, like one where you can explore. Yeah. It's got the like dark funk energy. What I like about this one is the way that the, you know, the the intro riff is is on piano, but then a synth flute takes over that riff and plays plays it instead but yeah then it's, it's is not it the like exact same the pan flute yeah which is my two favorite synth sounds a flute and uh synth vocals yeah i love those so this song this song is a real like heart warmer for me makes me feel good there's yeah. also like a synth mandolin or something it does a little broom, broom, yeah, i heard that broom, too little stabs yeah but it, it's like strummed yeah almost like a ukulele almost or something. like palm muted even yeah a little bit yeah he he does a lot of really just cool sounds it, this on this one, album this one i kind of had like a hard time getting into like i kind of felt like the main melody on this one it's not bad but it's just kind of like played ad nauseum mm-hmm. <laughs> on this one like I, I mean i realized like you know thematically in the way that this type of music is like you know you get a, a main melody it's gonna be played a lot like in a song like this but this one like i just I don't know if it was like the melody like got on my nerves a little like or from hearing it too much or if it was just like you know just didn't stick out to me that much or something I don't know but like this one was kind of hard for me to like latch on to a lot mm-hmm. of the time and I will say like for the, the rest of the record spoilers like I didn't really have that problem at all or on the previous two songs it's just this one I don't know I'm gonna have to cut that it. out fuck those spoilers are that's a big deal yeah um yeah I really like this song it's a very nice just it's like a track that kind of like builds on itself without ever reaching like a crescendo, you know? It's just like subtle, like kind of like layers and, and uh, repetitions while changing the, the lead motif. I feel like it builds nicely. Yeah. It gets more and more like whooshy. Yeah, it, it just like the layers come uh-huh. in without ever feeling like you're getting like, uh, you know, like a huge like, you know, climax to it. Nick, why do you think it's a short level? I want to go back to this. I don't know. Just the way you were describing it with like the... uh you know, it'd be like you said, Crystal Cave, and I think of like almost like the pre-cut scene type of level, where it's just like a one-room thing. You go in and you do this important thing, come back out. Crystal like, Caves to me are labyrinthian. You go in for the whole day. I'm thinking of just like the end. 
the end of the crystal cave yeah like maybe like crystal like the save room before the boss fight oh nick the whole room is the whole cave is crystals oh but you're trying to get the crystal whatever the treasure probably like the crystal that's at the heart (laughs) whatever the treasures (laughs) (laughs) nick have you played final fantasy 16 in this what have you played 16 yet not enough brother man do it i know fucking chris won't shut up about it too i'm like fucking 65 hours in it and i'm like am Good i for at you. the end or not did you just throw tears of the kingdom away i, I, I haven't touched <laughs> it since. threw it away because you couldn't play <laughs> i don't got time i'm tired of this you don't have time to play that because you're playing final fantasy because i'm playing final fantasy and fucking Baldur's gate 3 comes out next week and i'm like god god damn it Baldur's gate i haven't heard of that in 20 years it's because there hasn't been one in 20 years diablo keeps happening too people are mm-hmm yeah, talking about that Diablo game. Like, it's pretty good. I'd like to play that new Diablo game. I liked Diablo 3 a lot. I couldn't click with any of the characters. There I wasn't played, one that I was, like, all about. I, I, thought, that was the, a, uh, I thought that was a paladin. PC pun that you were doing for a second. What? I couldn't click with some of the characters. Oh, that would have been good. That's yeah. funny. No. <laughs> well, um, let's go back to the music. Yeah. Uh, the next song, Prom. Promise. This is straight-up detective music. I, th- I said that it gave me a uh, uh, street-wandering vibe to it interesting i said canyon or mountain interesting yeah what i wrote down is it's kind of airy epic this is straight out of police knots ever played that game i haven't is that Uh, like sega saturn it's a saturn game um it's a it's a visual novel that's set like on a you're like an astronaut police officer (laughs) and it's set on like a moon station but i must apologize for my snifflies it's okay i wrote I can see myself looking over. I'm in an office. It's kind of dark, and the blinds are slitted, and light from the street lamp is coming in. You know, but uh-huh. it's it's like in harsh lines. There's papers on the desk, and they're askew. And maybe, just maybe, there's a blood stain on the floor. And you gotta click around and find out. Okay, very interesting because I got you're out of the crystal cave, or you're out of uh, uh, what's what's the uh, mines of Moria or something. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like almost too bright, you know, and you're like walking down the mountain and there's like a village at the bottom or like a canyon or something. Yeah. Like the the villagers are waving at you. Melody, that could be like, you're seeing like a, a Rocky mountain village. This is promise, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it felt like a nice, like we're, we're back at peace a little bit, but it's still a little bit adventurous. What about you, Nick? What vibes did you get? I already said it. it was like a street wandering. That's right. Vibe, uh, but almost in like a like a slightly futuristic city. Mm-hmm. You know, you get kind of that vibe for it. I really like the vibe of this song a lot. I'm picturing like an Inuit woman. You can Inuit is the word, right? I believe so. Yeah, like I'll cancel you later. I'll, <laughs> I'll park it up like waving. I don't know. It's it feels like it feels cold. This is kind of an icy album. I also can I get see like, like rain. traveling on an airship vibes yeah. from this song. Yeah. High in the sky. Dude, that's the best part of every like JRPG is when you get an airship. That's where I am in seven now. Yeah. I don't know where to fucking go. What do you mean? That's what's great I about don't know seven. Where to go. Are you fighting the ultimate weapons? No, they they say uh I don't know. I'm looking for some special materia uh-huh. and it's in two different parts and they're like black material. Uh that might be it. But uh <laughs> <laughs> But he, he said that's two city names and I was like, which ones are those? I've been See, in that's tw- the, twenty cities. That's the thing about seven and nine are both like they open up the world to you and you're like, I can go everywhere. And in reality, you can go to like two places because there's nothing to do at every other place. 
Yeah. So just kind of go around until you figure or out. You get until stuck. somebody in or the town gets, says something different. Yeah. Or you get stuck in fucking Wu Tai. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Or you're like, oh, I can go back and, and I can finally fight that monster and unlock and open that chest that was behind him. And you get like a a sword that does like two more damage than what you got. And it's like, <laughs> okay. I did find the mysterious Chocobo Master <gasps> in his secret canyon. But he won't tell me anything cool. Dude, when fucking uh, Final Fantasy 16 started, it's this giant fucking crazy epic cutscene, like right at the beginning. And long story short, you end up seeing like these armies clashing. And one of the sides has like, they're like riding steeds of chocobos. And I'm like, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Using a chocobo as steed is the best. 16 is too many. (laughs) What's funny is it's actually probably like 40. (laughs) With all the side games i i find it hilarious that chocobos are one of the uniting things in all the games yeah like that's one of the things they're like that's a theme we cannot break it and a man named sid yeah and a man named sid i love in the in 16 his full name is sidolphus telemann sidolphus yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm like that's so cool that is pretty cool have you met sid yeah is sid always the airship guy no no sid is sid's just a name gotcha it's in every game i've only played like one four seven Plain some high. of 10 i rented 10 from blockbuster and i was like i i'm not into this it, I like that's 10. when it started getting too like anime fuck boy blitzball yeah blitzball 10 is interesting because the anime fuck boy is like a that game is very emotional i'll just say that i'm sure it's wonderful and i've heard it's like one of the better ones it is good i don't like playing it that much but i like the story in the world even Ten. even for me seven is like the cutscenes. And I know it's groundbreaking. This is like the first time shit could be cinematic like this, but it's like, it's more more watching than playing. Yeah, a lot of it, yeah. Um, Metal Gear Solid 4. I can't even think about that shit. That game, uh, me and our, our friend Josh played through it together for the first time, and at the end it tells you your stats, and we had played for 18 hours, and nine of those hours were gameplay. <laughs> the final cutscene in that game is 90 minutes long. That's fucked. It's movie it's it yeah you're just sitting there watching but you're like fucking i was like oh my god i was like oh big boss <laughs> i'm wearing my metal gear solid shirt right now very um, nice oh this song had a uh it's one of the only songs with a solo that felt like human played yeah the yeah. and it, it's it's got a little edge to it and that it's not perfect you know what i mean yeah it sounds like he kind of bends into the right notes a couple times like it's it's pretty well done and it's an interesting solo one thing i love and, and i know it's less interesting for you guys but i love hearing music made by a, a human playing an instrument that sounds like it was it was like quantized by a computer i mean he calls this midi rock or whatever right yeah so he could be quantizing it you know and like ordering it perfectly but i just i i love midi means like you you punch the commands in and then the computer plays it through the synth yeah, but he's still playing the notes on his keyboard. He's you know? playing the notes, but then then you you can do anything with the notes after it. You know, you can play the riff mm-hmm. one time, adjust it so it's perfect, and then loop it ninety times. Which is I gotcha. Probably what he does because you can just tell this is like robotically everything's right in line. You yeah. know, um, that that's why the solo stood out to me because it wasn't robotically perfect. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Nice. Let's go on to uh, one of the the moodier pieces called uh, "Keep Calm." I think this song is really. Uh calming i think it's calming the sax is nice and you know 
I, I, I liked it actually because, okay, we've talked about saxophone, I think, a little bit on this show before. And I'm not like the biggest fan of sax, but like I like this one because it's kind of light. It's not overbearing. It's just kind of there. Me and Nick this, saw the very first metal band to use a saxophone, the Rivers of Nile. The very or first. Rivers of Nihil. <laughs> which was it, was, it was funny that that album has saxophone on like what, like one song? Or is it on a it's bunch th- of it? It's on three. But it was funny because they had they they had to have the saxophone tour with them, yeah. So you could come out for like a minute and a half of time. <laughs> oh, the sax is pretty prominent <clears throat> in the songs that it's on, yeah. At least, but <laughs> I love the saxophone. I do too. I like it. I just I, I don't know. It doesn't fit with everything like me. I don't know. But what were you saying about it on this? I, I liked I, it because it was light and kind of not overbearing. Yeah, I love the minimalism of this song. That actually felt like a bold move. Yeah, this it's is so simple. It's it's it, kind of just like birds chirping and some there's that like didgeridoo bass that's really sparse. Yeah. And what I love too is near the end of the song, I think it is, when that like heavily distorted brass or woodwind or something synth comes in there like the you know, it's just it's so cool. Yeah. I like this song a lot. Yeah, this um, is one of the better ones for me. It's a good vibe. The and it's it's in like the second half of the song total though, but when the like there's like these huge like plunks of like reverb drenched synth and like the and like there's like waves of synths and it's super lush and there's a sound of like waves crashing underneath it. Yeah. It's just so cool. It builds up really well. Yeah. Yeah, I dig it quite a bit. Yeah. But then it leads into keep calm. Oh wait, no, carry on. Carry on. Nice man of war tribute. Um, uh, (laughs) any power metal band yeah um this one actually i thought like right at the beginning it has um like a hip-hop vibe uh because it's it sounds like one of those um songs where they would they would sample like a lullaby and then kind of like manipulate it to make it sound kind of eerie and weird yeah and like put it in the beat you know i said it was the uh like the toy box level in the game you know where there's like Jack in the boxes and like the night men walking by. Scary. It it's scary because like you're so small suddenly. Or are these toys so big? But then it jumps. Never thought in, a Jack in the box could hurt you so bad. But then it jumps into some Sonic shit. Mm-hmm. Like the bang, bang, it's like bang, and then those bang, two bang, parts bang, kind of bang. alternate for the rest of the song. And this I, this yeah. is like a real like laid back jam of uh, a song. Yeah. Yeah. It feels pretty laid back. I like when they all... The thing is, he does this a few times after this, but I think here it's kind of the first time where everything drops out except for the drums and the bass, mm-hmm. and it kind of like just rides and then goes out. I like that fade out on, on this one quite a bit. I love the drums on this song. Yeah. Like in particular, whatever sample he used, like that snare is so like punchy and like sharp and like cut off just enough, you know? So it was just like, yeah. yeah, I noticed that too. It's it's like really sharp and and gated or or what do we call cuts that? Off. What do we call that? Attack, hard gate of quick decay. What is attack? attack? Attack is the note coming in. So okay. it's either like bah or wah. Okay, I gotcha. And then you said yeah. attack. Yeah, I thought you meant like attack. What is attack? Yeah, I was like, what? What do you mean? What do you use them for? <laughs> it's like a small pin. And what is a pin? It's like a uh, needle. A point. And what what exactly is a needle? Mm, it's getting tough. A point. <laughs> what is the point? Oh fuck! What's <laughs> gotcha. the point of this? Gotcha. Um. Yeah. This is just a a, a fun 
It's a like nice funky song. Xylophone and drum. Yeah. Song. But then it goes into Coffee News. Coffee News unironically sounds like the intro or background music to a local channel segment that would air at like 6 a.m. I wrote this sounds like whatever. It'd be like, welcome back to Coffee News. This feels like this would play at an office like instruction video. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, but yeah. Like, and here is where you will locate your files for the day. I get, um, we're back in the city, like mm-hmm. from uh, Los Angeles. The first song's Los Angeles, right? Yeah. We're back in the city. Now the sun's a little higher. It's like 5 or 6 a.m. Like the shops are starting to sweep their porches. Mm-hmm. And there's like smoke, steam coming out of the manholes and like cats walking by going. Is the state of the map. That's like, perfect. Is the state of the map like you've been everywhere and you're just making your rounds before you do like the final tasks? Yeah, you made your way back, and all the shops have upgraded you equipment. Didn't, you didn't think when you came back to that town that you that you'd be this different. Uh huh. But there's there's new parts of the town that are opened up that weren't before. People's you, eyes have been opened. You guys ever played Tumba? I played a little bit of it because you talked about it. It sounds like Tumba music. I don't remember the music. Listen to that soundtrack. I listen to that soundtrack enough that my wife doesn't like it. I don't. I I'm not a video game music listening guy. And I like video game music when it's in the game, uh-huh. but I've never just sat down with a video game soundtrack. There was one time I was listening to uh, the Silent Hill One soundtrack, which is like a mix of like like harsh, you know, like like uncomfortable industrial music, and also like dark ambient stuff. And I was just listening to it, and like I kind of tuned out. And then I was like, just looking at the internet, and I was like, why do I feel so anxious right now? And then I was like clicking through my tabs and I was like, oh yeah, I'm listening to this soundtrack. That's why I'm anxious right now. It's funny. dude. I, I, Do you just always have like vibe music on? No. I actually don't listen to a lot of music when I'm at home. Most of my listening is at work because I find it hard to focus on like reading or playing a game or, or doing something that's not like, if I'm not like interpreting information and I'm not just working with my hands, it's very hard for me to focus on one or the other. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. What's you guys next? have any other... You guys have any other thoughts on coffee news? Sorry, I'm listening to it. I was kind of just, I was kind of just enjoying it for a second. Um, I don't have much more to say. I like this one again. Um, it's oh, um, uh, besides the uh, channel segment thing, um, uh, the the main melody of this song that they keep going back to, uh, uh, something. Uh, it's just really strong. Like you just latch onto it mm-hmm. really well in this one, I think, and uh, like it just it just helps you vibe stuff. I like it. Yeah, I mean, once again, that's like this This album is just kind of, you're just vibing. Yeah, I wrote down vibe like a thousand times in the notes. <laughs> like. um, well, the next song is the title track, and for me, this is like the song. I fucking love this song. That this, if it's not the best, if it's not Los Angeles or the last song, I, I think this is the best song. This is like a, if I had to make a list of like top 10 favorite songs in general... In this general. would be like in the top five. Like this song is, it's it's like when we talked about Amorphous and that song, The Way, that opened it. Uh-huh. This is one of those ones that's just like, the devil, <laughs> the devil has shown me the way. <laughs> but this song like reached in, you know, to my, like the piano chord line of my brain and flicked just the right chord. I love the weird like breakdown vocal solo. Yeah. Boom, boom, chicka, chicka, cha. Ah, ah. You know, like the, and the weird samples. And like, whoa. Uh-huh. That's super fucking cool how he made a beat out of that. This, like every part of this song is like randomly in my head. I'm constantly thinking like, boom, boom, chicka, chicka, cha. Chicka, chicka, cha. 
I think this is the most like well thought and put together song on the album. Yeah. Uh, I do dig it. I like all the changes. I will say um, this song is where I realize there's some fart clops influence here. (laughs) 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 It's like, dude, those woodwind samples start start tooting at the end, and that's all I can hear is fucking fart clops. Like, I can't, I can't unhear it. Like, if you replaced everything in this with farts, it would be a fart cough song. Sometimes it's like once a month. I guess you could say that about literally any song, <laughs> but replaced it all with farts, and it's just a fart cough song. But like this one, this one gives me fart cough vibes, and I dig it though. It's like once a month I think about fart clops <laughs> and like the fact that someone it's made once it. Once a month, I <laughs> so funny. I think about fart. <laughs> I welcome any memory that reminds me of Farclops, <laughs> but yeah, fuck. Yeah, you can't have a bad time thinking about Farclops. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I that is the first thing I thought of though when, when <laughs> like when it started up, I was like, sounds like Farclops song. Um, well, yeah. So I, I also think that's like your only like sampled <laughs> dance music experience. <laughs> It'd be one of it, it's one of like maybe three. <laughs> you know, it's, like, co- it's covering thirty percent of the genre for me. You know, Daft Punk and Fart Clops, <laughs> the big ones, the big ones, and Wheat. <laughs> oh God, Wheat! We should cover Wheat sometime. <laughs> um, yeah, this so to to go back a little to like the first time I listened to this album, I was enjoying it a lot. But then when this song started, I was like, "Yo, this is." really good and it you know just made me kind of like sit up and like really pay attention to the rest of it and listen to it like several times through many of my listens this is this will be where it kind of jumps back out to me because you know i mean it is just like this album is largely mood piece yeah which is fine it's just what it is but then when the those weird vocal samples start happening it's like hang on this is pretty cool yeah and then what do you guys think about the sequel drop shadow 2 a lot less fart not very many fart sounds it's gentler kinder i like the vibe it's kind of like a another nice uh like wandering around type of song Mm kind of makes me feel like that and uh this pair uh, this pair of songs he's still in the city and he like goes to the dance club and and like has a wonderful like uh existential dance experience with drop shadow and then drop shadow too he steps out of the balcony of the dance club and the music's still happening but he's like reflecting Re- reflecting watching the moon thinking about what a good dance he just had yeah this song though does like get pretty like intense like at the end mm-hmm. i think and i like that quite a bit like, yeah they- there's like these like airy scents that come in and <clears throat> yeah i one thing I, I mentioned it earlier i like a lot of songs on this album he takes a main like a pretty simple you know and be like dun 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 and he'll kind of layer it and play it with several different sounds yeah multiple times and there'll be key changes or just it, it, maybe it's a it's a percussive sound instead of like a you know like a flute sound and i think it just makes everything very dynamic yeah he finds a hook and then just fucking rails it but it's not yeah but it's not like daft punk where it's just the same thing for four minutes it is the same thing but it's variations I'm not super familiar with Daft Punk, but I get what you're saying. Daft Punk is more like traditional, like dance music, where just it like is repetition. 
yeah, it's like the same like thirty second thing repeated for nine minutes. You know. Uh huh. So you can yeah. These are groove. these songs like develop and grow. Yeah, which I do appreciate. Yeah, for sure. It's a real strong aspect of it. Um, I would say this is also one of the best songs I've ever heard. Um, not quite on the level of Drop Shadow One, but this pair of tracks is like uh, it's just it for me. I yeah. like the cool arpeggio thing in this. And the nice fluty sounds. Yes. It's like a breathy, fluty flute. You know, I actually, I think, hold on, guys. Oh, on the personnel, that's Aaliyah from Blood Ceremony on the flute. Oh, fuck. Is it? Wow. No, it is not. It is. Look right there. Give it to me. Look, it says Aaliyah from Blood Ceremony on flute. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it He's does, holding right? it too far away that I can't see it. It doesn't say that. Guys, it's not even a real flute. I absolutely just punked Brett. God damn it. Ashton Kutcher comes out and he says, gotcha, dummy. Get off of my lawn. <laughs> I'm so fucking mad. He Guys, Brett you. just walked out. He's walking away. He's gone. Oh, well, now we can talk about how fucking stupid he is. I want to talk- believing that. I can hear you. Oh, fuck. He's back. Oh, shit. What do we do? What I a guess fun bit. I was I here guess, the whole time. Oh shit. You know what I think we should do? We should talk about Invisible Mask. Yeah. So I wrote this is a very moody, atmospheric piece. Um it kind of feels a bit transitional to the the kind of the come down of the the ending of the album. Um the next couple tracks are a little gentler. Um This one's the ice level in Metroid Prime. Yeah. This one it it has this uh kind of uh intensity to it where it's like it feels like you're kind of constantly on edge. The, the only, th- which I don't mind, I, I like that vibe, but this song like is just a build that doesn't really like lead to anything to me. What? It leads to like what essentially is another build. <laughs> yeah, the song kind of builds and falls repeatedly. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it. Like, I don't mind it, and I don't mind that feeling. It's just like it doesn't feel like it goes somewhere well, like, for me. I would say also in terms of like, the imagery I get, especially when the more organy sound comes in, if you remember that. Yeah. It sounds like I'm in an ice chapel. Yeah. It's for sure the ice level. That's I like this one for the the actual like tones of it. The glassy like I don't know. Really, really reverby. It yeah, where feels it sounds cold. Like, it sounds like it's being like a like a, a glass like a tubular bell. Yeah. Um I always like those sounds. Yeah. You know what I really like in this song? I don't know if you remember it. The those like that like real like reverby drum fill goes. I'll say I remember it because there's no reason to not. Uh huh. I liked that too. Uh, insert Brett remembering that. Editor's <laughs> note. Nick, you got anything else? No, not on this one. Well, let's move on to potpourri or potpourri. I believe it's actually pronounced. This one, uh, I feel kind of the same as the last one, where it seems to build up. There's not really a big climax, but in this one, I feel like it's less offensive in that regard because it's not as uh, like obvious of like a buildup, and uh, I feel like you can kind of just like live in the uh, the soundscape of it, you know, a bit easier. This one feels like a full-on intermission to me, not in a bad way. They both kind of feel that way to me. Like I do they, always feel like I'm always like, wait, is this the end of the album? Because this feels like a outro song. Could you call this like chill wave? Yeah. This is like a very ambient um track. I guess I guess you could say it's chill wave. I'm not exactly sure what someone who is like big into chill wave would be like, no, you fucking idiot. 
But it sounds like Chill Wave to me, even though I don't know what Chill Wave is. If if I had to pick a least favorite song, this would be it. This is the least song song. Yeah. I think it goes on a little too long for which is in in an atmospheric like mood piece, it does those tracks lend themselves better to longer so you get lost in a little bit. But I do feel like it just kind of it overstays its welcome just a touch. But I love the washes of synth. I do think that this album is longer than it should be. I think you could excise a couple tracks. Yeah, but in saying that, if it is kind of a background music while you're driving or doing something, then mm-hmm. that's not a problem. And this kind of stuff fits really well in it, I think. This is wonderful for um, my job because it's just stuff I can, there's, a, you know, the stuff I can like kind of zone out to while I'm working. And then there's stuff that will like kind of give me like a beat to catch catch my toes on yeah this would be good like reading music for me yeah or like bathtub music Mm. when i get tired of my cool jazz i haven't taken an actual bath in a long time dude in the winter time there's nothing better (laughs) i like baths but the water just gets cold so quick you let a little bit out turn it on as hot as you can i do like and then like like swoosh it around and then the hot comes back up to your nips dude i love giving my dogs baths because it's just like it's like I'm committing a war crime. <laughs> they fucking hate it. Do you give your dog a bath? Yeah. Like in water? Like standing water? Yeah. Does and the water turn like brown? Yeah. My dog Vela, <laughs> as she's getting older, she's just getting like oily. I do like shower, showers with the shower spout, mm-hmm. you know, or like with a cup. Well, so yeah, we, I fill it up probably like three inches and I sit in the tub with them. And then I've got a Duck Dynasty cup. <laughs> That's funny. I've got a Duck Dynasty cup. There's always I, a bathroom cup. <laughs> yeah. And I just splash it on them, you know. And Bronwyn will put peanut butter. She'll, like, open the shower door and put peanut butter on the wall. So they just sit they there sit and lick. Like, <laughs> lick the wall to be distracted. Tune out to reality and, and that hellscape that they're in. <laughs> it's so funny. It's just like you're just getting a bath. But dogs are like, I'd rather die. Charlene, like... She's kind of, she's not fluffy, but most of her girth is hair. She's got long hair. So when you, like, when the hair wets down, she's like a skeleton. (laughs) And she's just like a shaking, like, big-eyed skeleton. (laughs) Like, why? Dude, the, Mike, we had, we had a flea problem and I had to give my cats baths. And just wet cats are so pathetic looking. Yeah. There's just just this tiny little skeleton creature that's, like, shivering. They they lose their balance and they can't walk right. (laughs) They hate it. Nick's cat Gurney smells like farts today. He's probably farting. He was laying on me like trying to play and I was like, dude, you smell like farts. Get out of here. He's such an ass. Dude, he was giving Artie some shit. Yeah, they're always fighting. Artie like went around the other way and Gurney went, he went, he took the loop around and caught him by surprise. He chases him. Or- and I love them fur babies. Gentle keyboard. <laughs> quiet That's this keyboard. whole album. Is it quiet keyboard? That's what I got. This is a nice return uh, to the... It is. I, know, just, I wrote Gentle for some reason. It's a nice return to some upbeat, uh, moving music after the two more interlude build-up-y tracks. Uh, Bassline moves around a lot in like a fun way. On this You're a bass player, so you probably recognize that, huh? I like that. Is this the slappy bass sounding song? It has some slappy yeah. parts in it, yeah. This is the one that goes like... And we get more like bird noises and nature sounds. And stuff. This one to me is Snowy Mountain. 
slash slash the uh, Christmassy levels in Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah, there's that side of bass. It was like it's kind of like funky Christmas. You know what I wrote though? This is a last hurrah of '90s computer sunsets on the beach, roller skating down the sidewalk with your friends. I could see it in the snow though. In the snow on the snowy beach. Have you ever been to snowy beach? Uh, no. I don't think I have either. They exist. Seen pictures. They must exist. I find it crazy that water gets so cold you can walk on it. <laughs> you say the craziest <laughs> shit sometimes. Nick, what do you think about that? Water getting cold, you like ice? Yes, ice. <laughs> that would be one of those like Bible historians that try to make like make the Bible factual. Mm. They're like, well, it was December. <laughs> when Christ walked across the water, he could have been walking across the ice or like they hire the Mythbusters. To they say that out. Noah didn't part the Red Sea. It was the Reed Sea, which is only three feet deep. Or when Jesus turned water into wine, what he was oh, doing no. was thinning it's out Reed wine. Sea. <laughs> it's much better. It's better. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Max. What were you saying? Oh, he didn't turn water into wine. He poured water into the wine to thin it and spread it out more. Yeah, then they'd say this was actually a common practice among the Arabic people of... They of didn't drink a lot of straight water. It was Christ's A lot of day. it was alcohol to kill the bacteria. Yeah. I just watched this movie last night called Stigmata. That's about uh, Patricia Arquette. Uh, this, like, this, like, priest dies, and her mo- like a, a boy steals the priest's rosary, like, from his funeral, and sells it to a shop, and Patricia Arquette's mom buys it and sends it to her, but it turns out the rosary was cursed. And so Patricia Arquette gets the stigmatas. She slowly gets all the wounds of Christ. Oh, shit. Is it a horror movie? It was like sort of a horror. Huh. It wasn't like good, but it's got the the vibes I like, which is late 90s movies that are set like in a rainy city. And who's Patricia Arquette? I know the name. I know Arquette. I mean, she was in Severance, which was a recent show. But I couldn't, Nick, could you name Patricia Arquette movie? Uh, now remember, I only know '80s goofball movies. Bride of, Chuck- <coughs> Bride of Chucky. You are the Chucky guy. That's Patricia Arquette. Oh, True Romance. Never seen her. She was. In, oh, she was in Little Nicky. Oh, she was the girlfriend in Little Nicky. Okay, love her. Okay, I broke my promise of not looking things up, but I had to. She's in Holes. holes oh yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street three, Dream Warriors. I've ever told you guys about how I tried to set a Guinness World Record for the person who read Holes the most times. What? <laughs> No. I read it like nine times in a row. That's not going to break the record. And then I was like, I should probably be writing this down or sending information to someone. <laughs> you got to do it on film. <laughs> so I've read holes a lot. Was there a record for that or you just made it up? I just made it. I was like, I can probably do that. That's insane. That's so stupid. <laughs> it's a good book though. It's fine. They find onions and it saves book. them. You must remember everything about that book really well. I'm sure if I read it again now, I'd be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I remember thinking, like, I'd love to eat it just an onion. And then you do it, and it's like, <laughs> like you'd start crying and you barf. But I think yellow onions are much more tolerable. I remember when, I uh, as, an, as an adult, when COVID was first like starting, you know, one of the, the things is for some people, they lose all sense of taste and smell. And this guy was showing, he like, he was like, check this out. And he had a, a raw onion. He just like, was like, <laughs> took a bite out of it. And he was like, nothing. I've, read somewhere that if you plug your nose or if you have like if you have no sense of taste in that aspect you can take a bite of an apple an onion or a potato and it all tastes the same Mm. i think it was if you plug your nose but it was kind of the same thing with covid like you lose your sense of of that nose taste you know actually when i was a kid um 
I remember going to like a friend's birthday party and when I was a kid I didn't like carrot cake I like it now but that kid's dad was like he was like plug your nose with your fingers while you eat the cake and you won't taste it as much then you just taste the sweet frosting yeah yeah like all the nuance and taste and flavors in your nose um well anyways last track reverie what a perfect title huh i like the song a lot the song is like it's just such a gentle like perfect come down it's got a really cool like off time kind of lead hook yeah no it's like the slower part but it it like takes an extra couple times to resolve than it should you know what i mean yeah it kind of like extends outside of the normal four four kind of loop i love it when stuff does stuff like that yeah yeah remember when we were talking about uh the first track uh witchwood on the blood ceremony album Mm -hmm. and i was talking about how you just start doing the old neck movement um uh the old chicken walking chicken neck yeah well you need a name for that clucking it's when you're clucking yeah you're clucking and uh yeah i don't know that it gives me that in those like verse parts and whatnot it's pretty cool it's a good clucking song yeah it's clucking there's a lot of fun different melodies in this one too um like i don't know it reminds me like musically it'd be something that reminds me of like a like a meditation garden or something but instead of everybody meditating they're just like they're just vibing and dancing like a, a star trek episode where they go to some utopia yeah where they just like dance in fields yeah that sounds that sounds good everybody but just, then you there's like a dark secret yeah they, they like they're like they're they being forced to, to groove by their uh, government what's her name they have to like, kill the youngest woman. there is something wrong here a dark energy. I can feel it. And Riker's what's like, her name? but what if we fuck first? A crusher? No, not crusher. Oh, um, Troy? Yes. Oh, yeah, Troy. she was the psychic. She is beautiful. She's crystal. I always Chris- laugh. Star, Star Fox? Star Fox? Yeah. She, that is the same <laughs> yeah. thing. Dude, I was trying I to find... I feel pain! <laughs> I was trying to find a specific picture that you had sent, like, the group chat, and I got those fucking fan arts from the Star Fox subreddit of Crystal. I recommend everyone go on the Star Fox subreddit. <laughs> There's some degeneracy in there. It's awful. <laughs> fucking Star Fox subreddit. <laughs> I miss when you were into you were in the Mario one telling us like Mario lore battles. You were like uh, people are so into Mario lore. You were keeping us in the loop. Yeah, I right. still see that stuff, but I don't send it to you because I you I don't want to overdo it. <laughs> anyway, um, oh the the other big thing that I noticed in this song that I really liked is um there's that moment where everything drops out besides the piano chords, uh-huh. and then it like all comes back in and it's it's super cool. Uh, it hits really hard. It's, yeah, it's nice. It's just a lovely track. It's good. Um, <clears throat> well, then I guess that leads us to Brett's next uh, segue. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so we're going to go around, each give our overall thoughts on this album as a whole, ending with a score from 1 to 100, and then we're going to place it into our master ranking list to see how it stands up in the whole wide grid scheme of music. Every single album ever made. We're going to start with Nick. Yeah, um, uh, not too much to say about this one other than just uh, I, I think it's some good stuff. Uh it makes me want to, you know, take care of my chows. And, uh, <laughs> it is like that. Yeah. <laughs> that was my... Just sit there petting them. Yeah. <laughs> Feeding them the little animals. And you fucking break them for Hell yeah. Dude, the, mine was a devil. Dude, my, <laughs> my little guy's a devil. <laughs> dark chows are so funny. <laughs> I love it because... How much no time what, did you spend? <laughs> way too much time. Me too. I love... 
<laughs> me too yeah <laughs> remember when you could like jump with some of them and whatnot and just fucking chuck them <laughs> in places dude i had i had a Maybe sonic advance and then they grow a little horn and be like <laughs> i had sonic advance and that had like a chow garden i remember that where you could like you could transfer con- them you could connect it with the game boy reader thing yeah chows were a whole other but they were different themselves. in there yeah you could like you transfer your devil chow in and it was just a regular chow but you could it was like to like upgrade some of its stats by feeding it veggies or something yeah it was kind of a gimmick to me it it did it wasn't it was a really really like nerfed version of the chow garden i want to say sonic advance is one of the best sonic games it's very good it's really really good very nice did you guys see uh there's a new one called like sonic superstars it's a new side-scrolling like classic style sonic game but with modern graphics i feel like that's all they've been doing the past several years they haven't done any like that the last one that was like that was Sonic Mania, and that was uh, but that was still sixteen bit graphics. Yeah, what about that one that they did where it was like both styles? Generations, yeah, that was yeah. like half and half, and it that was, was like of... also twelve years ago. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but like just a regular ass fucking Sonic game, just do a regular like how we like them. <laughs> just, just do it. They haven't, Brett. They haven't been able to do that. Why? In, in like a, that seems easier. A decade. <laughs> And they're like, we're just gonna, do the, just do what you do. We're gonna give you Arthurian legends, Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic as a werewolf. <laughs> Wasn't it the 15th anniversary game that like it starts off? It's like a Final Fantasy cutscene, oh, and oh. there's like a girl who yeah, he, like lays on an altar, and Sonic's just there for some reason. He looks completely out of place. They kiss in that game. It's so weird. And then he goes chilling dogs and fucking runs away. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, no, but in all seriousness, uh, I could see myself listening to this record uh, while like reading like a sci-fi novel or something like that. Like it, it, it would fit that for me. And uh, I do feel like it's important to say, um, I don't think that like uh, this is the best kind of album to break down in like the track by track <laughs> way that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really, to me, has to be taken like as a whole or as like a mood that it's giving off and whatnot. And it's really something that like we were saying, uh, you know, it's, it's something that you would do while you like read something or, you know, or, or doing something with the, with it in the background. And I'm, I, I like the vibe of the whole album, even though it dynamically, it kind of stays in the same two spots most of the time. It de- like it, but it works, you know, like, I mean, there's like, there's like two different styles of songs kind of on the album, you know, uh, which is kind of what he said in that quote that you uh, uh, brought up as well, too, where he was like, mm-hmm. oh, I kind of balanced it out with this. Um, but uh, but I, I dig both the vibes, and it, it's good. Um, uh, definite recommend if you like some chill, airy, and somewhat chipper instrumentals, and uh, I give it an 80. Wow. Um, yeah, I wanted to bring up again the fact that it's a, more of a, he said, a vibes album was one of the reasons I wanted to pick it, because that's more how I listen to music is is how it makes me feel um and i just wanted to present one that is specifically that kind of music and see how it went over uh showing it to you guys seeing what you thought and also how we could discuss it nice you did a great job your turn brett okay this um is very nice i don't think there's anything bad about it it's a chill nice funky you know kind of has some nice hooks in it kind of has some nice moods in it you know that said there's nothing really outstanding about it to me and i don't think there's much not that originality is a must or anything but there's really nothing that's like really unique to this that couldn't be found 
in the 90s. You know what I mean? And that's not a bad thing per se, um, but it just kind of is. Um, maybe I, it doesn't have its own personality in my opinion. And like I said, I don't listen to a lot of like instrumental music, so maybe there are some cues that I'm just missing or it's just not my scene. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, when but, you don't have Bon Jovi crooning about getting shot through the heart, I guess it's hard to pay attention. <laughs> is that is that a dig on me? <laughs> we were actually talking shit on you and Bon Jovi earlier. <laughs> what, what? Nick, you like Bon Jovi more than me. No. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. We were specifically well, saying... T- I, I said I think Bon Jovi's just okay, and you're like, I think Bon Jovi's actually one of the better ones. <laughs> this is the exact opposite. Nick was like, Brett gets so mad when you tell him Bon Jovi sucks. <laughs> I don't like you Bon Jovi You got mad at me much. for saying Bon Jovi sucks. Dude, I only know like the five... Radio Bon Jovi songs. Yeah, I've never like, ones. I've never listened to Bon Jovi. Oh, it's bad. Don't do it. You, that, me and him said the same thing. It was it. like I'll listen to an album, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to listen to this. <laughs> I've never listened to a Bon Jovi album, but I do like Bon Jovi. But, um, don't say that. <laughs> fuck you both for making fun of me. <laughs> uh, anyways, and this album never like breaks into anything like super fucking cool, like Twerp does. You know, there's nothing mind blowing about this. Um, but it made nice. you think about video games. It made me think about video games, but I don't know. The, I like video game music because it's a background thing while I'm doing something else. And this is perfect for that. If I was mowing the lawn or like reading a book um, or just like doing something toily. I fucking, sorry. <laughs> the other day I remembered um, the Method Blank videos. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, they're always getting re-uploaded because the band keeps fucking forcing people to take it down. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Method blank. I remember this now. But I found the video. Um, I found the video again, and the one of the top comments was was this motherfucking track slapped on the Road Rash 3D soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was really fucking funny. <laughs> Road Rash had such fucking awesome music. Road Rash unironically did, but it's just funny to imagine. There's like, all just bu- different Highway Star versions. Any new version. Any new version that would be made now if they brought Road Rash back would be like just butt rock on this album. They did make a new Road Rash. It was called Road Redemption. It's by like the original people it came out like within the last like eight years probably. Road Rash had the first one is a fucking great soundtrack. <laughs> I love all the songs. On I had the levels. one. I think it was Road Rash 3D on PlayStation One, and I liked it, but that, it was really fucking hard. I had the best sound clip of when uh when you stole the other bikers like weapons. You go yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had the same sound when you win. He's like raising his arms. Yeah up. yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, that noise is like fun. Do you ever play Jet Moto? It was like it was like hover bike racing on like the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it did. It was so fucking cool. I remember like the the physics were wild in that game because if you went off a ramp, you could just make your guy like spin like just like like just ridiculous amount of times, and then it would be like rad trick. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the other the the really popular jet ski jet ski game. What was that called? There were a few of them. Are you it's, talking about like so what, actual jet skis, like Wave Race? Yeah, Wave Race. Wave, wave Race 64. Race. So when you go to an arcade and actually get on a fucking jet ski. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I love the... Um, Hydro It was Thunder? like Outrun, but with Hydro motors. Thunder. That, that one's like you're, a, you're in a boat, though. Yeah, that was like and a... the guy goes, choose your boat. <laughs> choose your track. And then you choose the fucking green one or whatever, and he's like, Banshee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were talking about you mentioned, you mentioned wave race oh okay i remembered 
Uh, did you ever play the outrun where you like sat on a motorcycle? It wasn't outrun, but it was outrun. But outrun you were, was in a car. Yeah, but it was outrun, but you were a motorcycle and you sat on like a like a crotch rocket thing at the arcade. Um, I'm not sure. Those are fun. Nick, back me up. I mean, I, I recall the games on the fucking bikes and stuff, but I don't remember what like any of them were called. They're basically yeah. They were. It was probably called like Moto Thunder. I wonder what the first like arcade game was that was uh, where you. Where it was the controller was a fucking steering it's wheel. It's probably fucking insane. People were like, holy fucking shit. Probably like pole position or something. Taxi driver. Pe- I mean, people saw taxi. People saw that until like 1999. <laughs> <laughs> people were like, oh my fucking God. People saw like, Who the fuck's this BD Joe guy? <laughs> <laughs> people saw Pac Man and they were like, holy shit, there's blue, green, red, and yellow on the screen. Did I ever tell you about Games that? before that were like fucking laser beams that hurt your eyes, like <laughs> asteroids. I had a dream once, Brett, that um, you were telling me that you were doing a, a school paper on the history of and creation of B.D. Joe. <laughs> the green-haired guy and crazy, no, crazy Taxi? No, I don't think he's the green-haired guy. Which one's... Hang on. I just always remember B.D. Joe because the name's funny, but... Joe. Our podcast is always just a segue, or not segue, but like tangent <laughs> no, B.D. Joe, this motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, that guy. Yeah, I always pick that guy. <laughs> yeah, you always picked him. <laughs> BD Joe fan art. Is there a taxi? Is there a uh, crazy taxi game that's like Fifth Element? Because that'd be fucking awesome. Are those like hover oh, cars? Like, yeah. Yeah. There should be. The crazy taxi genre never really picked up. That'd be so cool. After crazy taxi. <laughs> the idea of the crazy taxi genre. <laughs> that could be a whole genre. <laughs> You know, like when you're, you know, like crazy taxi games, like when you're a crazy taxi guy, you know, yeah. you're picking pop people punk, up, running cars over, pop punk, running people and cars over, <laughs> getting there as fast as you can. Grand okay. Theft Auto kind of did that. 63. 63. Let me just plug that into my matrix here. Fuck. Guys, the matrix is no joke. Okay. So for me, um, as I said before, this album is like the top dollar. This is like the big boss. This is the real, like the real Funkinator for me um as the the people younger than me would say the vibes are immaculate um this is this is one of those albums that just like it, it's it's one of like the perfect examples for me personally of like the way that music makes me feel emotions that i can't like i can't really even comprehend how how like deep the the connections that i have to with the sounds um and it just it makes me feel really good and I just I love everything about it, and I'm gonna give it a 100. What? That's of crazy. Is this your first 100? Yeah, this is my first 100 on this show. All right, let's find out what that gives us. Very nice. Cause like I have like minor complaints, but it's nothing that I would. I don't really think detracts. You know, it's just one of those. From the first time I heard it, I was like, this is perfect. You know, it's just is just it. Oh well, it puts us at an 81. Would you also put the Diddy Kong Racing soundtrack at 100? <laughs> Probably. Do you know what's fucked up about the Mario movie? What? Um, when they go to fucking uh, uh, DK's uh, place with all the Kongs, Kong Kingdom, mm-hmm. uh, they utilize. They, there's like a whole sequence wherein uh, Donkey Kong picks up Mario in a cart, and they go through essentially like a Mario Kart level to get to wherever they're going. And with all the awesome licensed music they have from Mario and from Donkey Kong, uh, they just play Aha's Take on Me for some reason while they do that. It's really weird. That, that is, is kind of weird. Don't they do that in like the uh, training montage too? They play like a pop song. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen people's thoughts on the movie. Yeah. I just remember that being really weird. 
I was like, it didn't even like fit the scene really, you know? Uh-huh. It was just like a random choice. <laughs> right. It's that Guardians of the Galaxy syndrome. Yeah, true. Yeah. But then they got to build their carts and it was cool. Guys, <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts was fun. I never played it. Making your car was fun and being like, this mission is hard for me with a car. I'm going to build a plane that has a box on it and you could do that. I remember F-Zero GX. You could Hardest do quite a bit of... Um, manipulation on your car i had a lego racer game when i was a kid that like you got to build your car you could do that a little bit i think with a boat in lego island which i had i never had lego island that's one of those like you know how you had like two games for pc on disc that you Mm -hmm. just like sit and play on a keyboard i had i had like lego racer and then i had this like crayola factory game where there was like different parts of the factory you could go to and make your own crayons you could pick between almost four colors uh, on the Crunchberry PC game. Oh, that that was awesome. Was that the one? Was that the one the where you had like the little fuzzy guy? Fuck yeah! Yeah, and you had like, like tubes. You're you evolve him like a Pokemon. Yeah, you evolve him, and you had to do skateboarding missions. <laughs> and uh, we had I don't cool know, like games. fight Captain Crunch or something. <laughs> Me and Nick would talk about that on the playground. <laughs> like, what color is your Crunchling? <laughs> It's a big part of our lives. <laughs> we had cool games growing up. Kids today don't get it. They just put that in the cereal boxes. <laughs> Do you remember Chex Quest? No. It was that sounds like the lamest one. Now. It was Doom. Like a full on Doom total conversion, but with you were like a space hero piece of checks. It's incredible. <laughs> it got like checks re- with fucking eyes and shit. Yeah. And then you got like a you got like a laser gun. It got remastered a couple of years ago. That's incredible. So it's a doom doom. It's doom. It's doom, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But you're fucking checks. Fucking little checks. Okay. Know. Well, awesome. I finally gotten good at what I do. You figured out what you do. I figured out what I do. This is number twelve. It's at an eighty one out of one hundred. Nice. It is twelve out of how many? Twenty six now. Huh? No, I'm bad at Pretty what I do. Twenty five. So I'm bad at what I do. So this is dead center. <laughs> yeah, this is right in the middle. Um, it is under the zombies, and it is above Bruce Springsteen. All right. Very nice. I can't believe we've done 25. That's so many. We're getting up there. Someday well, people will listen. Technically, I guess technically 23, because I have the both both times we did The Edge of Sanity and Coheed in here for posterity. We also half-assed that Yes album. Yeah, but we still did it. It was yeah. cool. Well, um, our next pick is Niklaus. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I wanted to possibly step out of my comfort zone a bit here um, and uh, service one of two things that we have haven't really done, whether it be on this show or on Musical Squares before it. And uh, Appalachian folk music? No. I haven't actually picked yet. Um, I made a couple of uh, random lists for me to go off of but uh i figured because i'm kind of between two different options uh kind of like let you guys pick one like you did last time max where you're like do you want this or that Mm -hmm. but i basically just have two different genres i guess uh but um would you guys want to do a soundtrack or a reggae band i would i don't want either of those (laughs) (laughs) i would say soundtrack more than reggae Okay. I'm going to say reggae then. Oh, now we got to flip a coin. You want to do rock, paper, scissors, me and Brett? Yeah. Let's do that. Two out of three and you go one, two, three, shoot. No, it's one, two, shoot. 
It's dun, dun, one, dun. two, three, shoot. That's how that's how daddy plays. Alright, we'll play daddy's rules. Okay. One, two, three, shoot. One, two, three, shoot. One, two, three, shoot. One, two, three, shoot. Alright. So it's a sound uh wait, reggae. Reggae. Okay. Let me Let the record show. I won. Let me do Brett won. He did this. cheat. So I'm picking the band now with a random list here. I put I I I don't know like half of these. Actually over half of them. Uh but I just I just typed in what's a list of reggae bands and and I tried to pick based on like when their discography was. So I had like an equal amount of like modern bands with like old ones, you know, from like the 60s and 70s. And uh I've listened to a lot of Sublime, so I'm good. They I did not put Sublime on there. <laughs> <laughs> they're not full on reggae, are they? Would you I mean, consider them? I mean, I think they're I don't know. That was a joke. I think they're heavily related. I mean, that's probably a, a good chunk of like modern reggae is that kind of stuff, right? I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know either. I so. thought Sublime is more of a rock spinoff of reggae. Okay, so it shows a band called Soja or Soya. Not sure. S O J A. Sobi. Um. So let me look at their albums and I'll pick one. <laughs> this is unprecedented. I like this. Um. Okay, they're a modern one. It looks like. Uh, stands for Soldiers of Jaw Army. Okay. Uh, this one looks kind of neat. I will say before Seer you Mobber. before you pick, it says their third length, third full length, Born in Babylon, peaked at number eleven on the Top Heat Seekers chart. I think I'm gonna pick the one before it. This album cover has like a tree on it. They're early shit. A tree drawing. It's called Seer Mobber. S Y R space M A H B E R. Seer Mobber by Soja. Yeah. Uh, how did you, can you spell that again? S Y R space M A H B E R. M A H B E R. Yeah. By Soja. And then it's all caps too. Oh, that makes sense if it's an acronym. So. Okay. All right, everybody. Right. Listen to Soja's Seer Mobar. Never heard this, but. Uh, We've never heard oh, it. Yeah. Neither have you, maybe. Is maybe this you have. Aunt? Can, can we. Hold on. We might not be able to listen to this, Nick. Why? I don't. Uh, I don't know if it's even on YouTube. It's on Spotify. Oh, it didn't pop up while I was searching. Well, there you go. Crisis averted. Find this on Spotify. Listen along with us. Uh, in the meantime, let us know what you think. Feel free to send in suggestions and stuff. We love input. Yeah. From our dear, dear listener. We love it. Send in, send in little kisses too. And tell your friends about us. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey, freaks. Thanks for listening to Now Listen to This. If you like what you hear, you can follow and interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at Now Listen to This, or you can shoot us an email at Now Listen to This Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions, and we're always open to album picks from our listeners. Leave us a rating on your podcast player of choice Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever. It really helps. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.